good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you in the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable Word of God? Good to welcome you. Trust that uh, you're starting this day out in a way that's pleasing to the Lord and you've had opportunity, taken opportunity to meditate on His Word. It is exactly that most times, isn't it? It has to be that we purposely and deliberately set aside that time to be able to refocus our minds on Christ. Uh, it's been a good morning here in my study. I've been able to meet with some godly men and have a time of prayer and uh, just a, a rebooting of our own hearts with the Lord. And it's been refreshing and a blessing to this pastor uh, in uh, in beginning this ministry day. Uh, we just recently, as uh, well, at least yesterday, if you're listening to this right now, yesterday was March the 17th. It is a day that is commonly celebrated as St. Patrick's Day uh, in America anyway. It's on the calendar. Uh, an interesting holiday that I think does have application for those that are true believers today. Uh, I have been looking at a devotional that I want to recommend to you. Uh, that if you don't have a regular devotional time now, there's a book that you probably ought to get. It's called Daring Devotion, A 31-Day Journey with Those Who Lived God's Promises. It's written by a man named M.R. Conrad, for whom I'm indebted for the uh, devotional today, uh, that follows certain servants of the Lord down through the centuries and gives you insight into their lives in order to be a blessing to you and to help you in your mindset of your service for the Lord. So M.R. Conrad does the church a great service by giving that devotional book, and I just want to give him credit for that today. Uh, in my reading, in my preparation for uh, looking at the uh, St. Patrick's Day, perhaps through a different perspective, you may or may not know much about who Patrick was. Uh, in fact, the, the most you may know is of a, a boiled New England boiled dinner uh, or of uh, four-leaf clovers or something of that nature, which incidentally has been distorted as well. But we've all heard of Patrick of Ireland. He, he literally lived in the 5th century uh, A.D., um, there are some people that talks about how he wore a halo and he liked picking three leaf clovers because four leaf would be heretical, but, uh, people all over the world often remember him on March the 17th. They remember him by drinking beer, getting hammered, uh, imagining leprechauns afterwards, which you probably would if you drank a lot of beer. Uh, they think of rainbows and pots of gold that would be involved and the stereotypes often get all muddled and mixed together and people really have no understanding of who Patrick really was. What was Patrick? Who was Patrick? Was there even a real Patrick? Do we even know who he was? Well, let's get down to the brass tacks today and know that there are truths that we do know about Patrick because we do have an understanding of who he was. And that's what the subject of this podcast is today. Uh, Patrick was a actual scripture-saturated Celtic Christian who left behind a few writings, actually, that we have even to this day that give us gives us a little insight into his work and his testimony for Christ and who he actually was. We need to remember that long before the Roman Catholic Church took its current form uh, or even started sainting people, uh, before that was even ever a teaching of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, Patrick actually was a follower of Scripture. And I don't want to spend a lot of time in his past, but we do know that 
Uh, Patrick was kidnapped as a teenager in what is modern-day Britain now. Uh, he was from a well-to-do family. He served uh, as a slave in Ireland. He had been taught some of the scripture when he was reared as a child and in Britain. And the Bible uh, history tells us, or he testifies in his own documents, his own writings, that he remembered the gospel that he had heard when he was a child. And Patrick actually records that he was, quote, reborn in God, which is probably his best way of describing that biblical teaching of being born again that was found in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, in verse 3. Uh, he is, as a slave in Ireland, made a daring escape from those that were his captives as a young man, as a teenager, and he returned to Britain. And it was there that he studied God's Word and he began to inform himself and get the training that he needed. And God began calling to him to return to the land of his captivity in Ireland. And he recounts his testimony in his writings, which are called The Confession of Patrick. Uh, and it shows us what kind of Christian and missionary he really was in real life, not the kind of make-believe mythological legend that exists today about, uh, about St. Patrick. Well, what we do know is that when you look at his confession and look at his writings that he left behind that we have to look at today, that his life was really just saturated with Scripture. Uh, God commands us, as we all know, uh, in, uh, in, as believers today, that in Colossians 3.16, that we are to let the word of Christ dwell in, in us richly in all wisdom. And I think that's one of the things that really shaped, it is not I think, it is one of the things that shaped Patrick's life in such a strong way that made him the man and the missionary and the servant of the Lord that he really was. Because in all of his writings, one of the things that stands out from Patrick's writings is that he was completely marinated in the Bible. He was scripture saturated uh, and as a result it drove his life and his thinking and his desires. One of the things that's interesting that M.R. Conrad points out that is he constantly was quoting the words of Scripture. We know that even as early as that 4th or 5th century uh, A.D., that Patrick knew the Word of God. As a matter of fact, if you go through his writings, you can count nearly 200 quotations or allusions to Scripture. Uh, they were passages that filled his confessions. One biographer of Patrick, whose name was Michael Haken, actually wrote, quote, Like other fathers of the ancient church, Patrick also definitely came to know large tracts of the Latin Bible by heart. Of course, Latin was the language of the Roman Empire. And he goes on to say, It was not only when he was formally citing Scripture that the Latin Bible appears, but even when Patrick was writing his own words, the Scriptures are ever in view, shaping his thought and vocabulary, unquote. So Patrick had the words of Scripture molded into his thinking, and it just came out of his pen when he would write. One of the other things you note about Patrick was that he obeyed the commands of Scripture, uh, he didn't just know the word, he obeyed Christ's commands. Over 1,000 years before William Carey launched the modern missions movement, Patrick discovered and carried out the Great Commission. 
in his confession itself, he wrote this, quote, The Lord teaches and admonishes in the gospel, saying, Going therefore teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, even to the consummation of the world. And again he wrote this, Go ye into the whole world, and preach the gospel to every creature. In fact, Patrick considered taking the gospel to the ends of the earth as his responsibility personally. And so the gospel had come from Jerusalem all the way to Britain. And from his perspective, he had the privilege of carrying that message to the last leg of his journey. Actually, he was responsible to carrying for carrying the gospel to the very western edge of the known world at that time. And that was Ireland to the pagans that were there. And in his confession, Patrick explains how God used him. He said, quote, I am very much God's debtor who gave me such grace that many people were reborn in God through me and afterwards confirmed that the clergy were ordained for them everywhere for a person just coming to the faith whom the Lord took from the utmost parts of the earth as he once had promised through his prophets. To you the Gentiles shall come from the ends of the earth and shall say, How false are the idols that our fathers got for them, and there is no profit in them. Jeremiah 16, 19. Over and over again, Patrick is quoting from Scripture about his responsibility. Uh, he quotes from Acts chapter 13 about being set as a light among the Gentiles that you may be for their salvation to the ends of the earth. He quotes from Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. They shall come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh my, he was greatly used of the Lord and saturated his writing with the knowledge of Scripture. And then finally... I would suggest to you that as a result of this, he lived out the promises of Scripture. He staked his life on the promises of God. Literally, there are six times throughout his confession that Patrick repeated the phrase, quote, the Lord promises, unquote. In one instance, he literally testified, he says this, For daily I expect to be murdered or betrayed or reduced to slavery if the occasion arises. But I fear nothing because of the promises of heaven. For I have cast myself into the hands of Almighty God who reigns everywhere. As the prophet says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Psalm 55, 22. So when Patrick faced a problem, he would turn to the specific promises of Scripture for encouragement and then act based on what he understood. What about you today? As you learn of the life of Patrick, how about you? Is your commitment to God's word, is it obvious to all? To all? Is your life grounded on the word of God? Is your conversation sprinkled with the Bible and its teaching? Do you know enough scripture to be able to fill a document and quote with quotes and, and allusions to what the Bible says? Uh, how much has God's word saturated your thinking? Why don't we today really purpose in our hearts to making sure that if we speak, that our, our minds and our language are saturated with the Scripture. It'll come out, uh, especially when you go through times of trial. God bless you today. Uh, we thank God for Patrick, not the Patrick of the myth and the false teaching of the Roman Church, but rather we thank God for the real life of Patrick, who was used so greatly to accomplish great things for God. May, our all, may all our lives be in the same vein. God bless you 